The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Okay, so you're very welcome back to The Last Word. Danny McConnell sitting in for Matt Cooper. Now, Marguerite Penrose began her life in a Magdalene laundry on the Navan Road in Dublin in 1974. Born to an Irish mother and a Zambian father, she endured a difficult start to life in not only being black in a largely white Ireland of the time, but she also suffered from scoliosis, which is a curvature of the spine, which required many, many surgeries. Her first book, Yeah, But Where Are You Really From?, is her very personal memoir and journey through... Her life in the face of considerable adversity. And Marguerite is on the line now. Marguerite, you're very welcome to The Last Word. Thank you, Daniel. Lovely to be on it. Now, Mar- bring us back to the beginning, Marguerite, if you would. Why did you, I suppose, feel that you wanted to tell your story and delve into your own uh, your own history and your own, your own story, really? Absolutely. Um, I suppose, really, what spurred me on, I suppose, was the Black Lives Matter uh, movement there a couple of years ago. So, um, obviously, it was all in the media, and um, the Black and Irish um, Instagram page were looking for people to tell their story about being Black and Irish. Um, so I sent in my um, little piece to them because everybody was quite young on the page at the beginning. So I said maybe they'd like somebody a little bit older to tell their story. So obviously been born in 1974, um, as you said, predominantly uh, in a predominantly white Irish uh, uh, community. Um, so I was uh, the odd person out, shall we say. And again, being um, born in, well, within a mother and baby home, St. Navin's on, or St. Patrick's on the Navin Road. Um, so that added to it as well. And again, my congenital scoliosis, curvature of the spine too. Mm. So I thought maybe it's time for me to find my voice and let other people know um, everything that is going on and maybe to help other people tell their story. The more stories we hear, the more we can learn and move on and move forward. When people talk of either Magdalene Laundries or Mother and Baby Homes, you have an image of yeah. the very austere 1920s, 1930s, 1950s even, not the yeah. 1970s. And you, like you're, you're still in your 40s, you're still a very young woman. Yeah. Um, how, yeah. did, how did you come to be in that Mother and Baby Home in the 1970s? Um, well, I suppose back in 1974 um, and just prior as well, but I suppose up to 80s as well, um, there was a stigma attached to single mothers. Um, so I can only presume that had a huge factor as well. Plus, um, my father, as you said there, um, was from Zambia. He was only here for a short period of time, as far as I'm aware, at the moment. So um, he wouldn't have been around to help look after me as well. Plus back then as well, having a black child was um, completely out of the norm. Um, so even today, there is uh, still a, a stigma, you know, attached to single mothers, single fathers. So um, I think that played like a very big part in the mm. role as well. And what do you know of your biological parents? Um, well, I've actually just recently found out um, that my mum sadly passed away I'm a couple so, of years ago. I'm so, sorry to hear that um, oh, Thank you. Um, so I didn't a- actually have the opportunity to meet her. Um, she was from Dublin. She came from quite a large family, uh, a very loving, very caring family. Um, I think she was like the second youngest of eight. And um, I suppose at that time she was a hard worker like everybody, and uh, she met my father allegedly at a dance, and my father was over from Zambia in the Curragh. He was in um, the what we believe to be the medical corps and came over to the Curragh. A number of Zambian cadets were brought over for a number of years in a row, um, and he was one of those, and they met, and uh, then obviously my mum uh, came pregnant. And um, so kind of that's mainly what I, you know, have known up to, a couple of months ago, I did get to reunite with um, my two brothers and I've still some other family members to meet in Ireland. 
Um, so that's great. I have them in my life now. Well, that's, um, I so, mean, that, that's a yeah. huge, that must be huge. I mean, yeah. because I, I, cause one of yeah. the questions I was going to ask you was, I mean, yeah. given the way things have been in this country, I presume even access to your own medical history must have been incredibly difficult to, to get, given the fact that you had oh. scoliosis as well. Yeah, completely. I actually only got my access last year. Um, so, and again, when you do get your medical records, um, which is very hard to get, um, a lot of them are redacted, so you don't actually see the full information. So um, mine, when I got them, I was actually quite disappointed. And there wasn't very much information considering my medical history was extensive from the time I was born. Um, my name isn't even spelled correctly in most of the documentation. So you don't even know that it's 100% factual or correct. Um, and also it's obtaining, that's it. It took me three years to locate um, uh, the information on my mum about her passing away. And also then to to unite with my brothers as well. Mm. Um, Tulsa. Um, now, luckily for me, I have an amazing caseworker, Margaret, um, and she's been great. But again, she's restricted in what she can do within uh, the laws of the land. Um, so that's, I think, something that's a part of the book is to try and get our voices heard, that we have the right to this information. We're human beings at the end of the day. And um, our mums, our fathers years ago made decisions, you know, probably under a huge duress, a lot of uh, babies given up weren't given up voluntarily, as we know, um, from all the stories and reports that we're hearing and the evidence that's given. Um, so they might have a different opinion now about whether, you know, we can have access to the, uh, that information. But being human, being alone, you should be able to uh, find out. You know, you spend your whole time. It's all about identity. You know, you can't identify with yourself 100 percent because information we have, we don't know to be true because it has come out that a lot of the information isn't correct. Mm. And then you're trying to work on finding your family with information that isn't necessarily what you need to, to move forward with that. So I like, that's the problem I'm having with my father, trying okay. to trace him as well. Like, obviously he's in, the, you know, back in Zambia. Um, so it's, that's the next road for me is trying to trace him as well. And do you have any idea whether he's still alive or do you, do you have you any information whatsoever about, about his whereabouts? Uh, at the moment, no, I don't. It's still a work in progress. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that I, I will get some kind of uh, information shortly. But again, it's trying to get that information. And again, it's hard in Ireland, but trying to do it from Zambia to Ireland is again another hard um, process. But, you know, it's one that I'm not going to give up on now. I started this. Um, it's a hard decision to do, yes. uh, to make. Um, thankfully, I had huge support from my, my own family, the Penroses, Nolina Michael. And my sister, my friends and relatives, they were all behind me. I did do a lot of it kind of without telling them initially because it is so long. And, you know, it's stressful on everybody. Yeah. But, um, you know, I have one bonus of, of finding uh, my brothers here at the moment, which is great. And Because I, re- I read your book earlier today and I was kind of going, going through your own personal story. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I mean, it's very clear from the book. It's very clear from what I've read that, you know, Michael and Nolene, your, your mom and dad yeah. here in Ireland, your doc- and, yeah. and your sister Kira. I mean, they, yeah. they clearly have been huge for you in terms of, you know, supporting you and, and, and allowing you find your way through all of this. Absolutely. I wouldn't be here today without them. Um, no more my own uh, parents as well. Uh, they have been the most amazing family. It's funny when, you know, my parents read the book and Kira, they were actually so shocked that, you know, how much I spoke about them in the book. Yeah. And I was saying, well, I can't believe you'd be shocked because, you know, it's you guys that brought me to where I am today. Um, helped me to become the person that I am and without them you know life would have been extremely different I was blessed I didn't go on to an industrial school 
um, which would have been my next step because I was going to be four the next year. So that was the next move from me from St. Patrick's. So, you know, we've, we've heard the stories about industrial schools as well. Mm. So you're literally going from bad to worse than in a lot of cases. So um, they were my saviors, you know, my earth angels, as I like to call them. And and I, I want to touch on the scoliosis because, I mean, I did again read, yeah. read in the book. I mean, this was debilitating. You had a number like quite a number of surgeries. One yeah. went quite catastrophically wrong in terms of they, they, they essentially put a rod in and it yeah. left you paralysed temporarily. Yes, definitely. Um, so that happened when I was eight. Um, so I had spinal fusion. Now, um, spinal fusion is done completely different now. Obviously, medicine has come on a long way. Um, so unfortunately, yes, it was about a week after the surgery. It was actually my mum noticed that um, I was on a striker bed, which, uh, you know, it turns you, you can't turn. You this, can is only one, lie this is a bed that essentially turns, for, turns you for yeah. you, basically, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So one person stands at each end and it flips then. So you're kind of sandwiched in, obviously, so you don't fall out and a strap is put around it. So it's actually quite, yeah, that's stressful enough as itself. But my mum had noticed, gosh, I didn't see her move her legs for a while, you know, since the surgery. Obviously, after the first few days, you've had major, major surgery. I mean, my ser- surgeries were 12 and 13 hours long. Um, so the, nothing but thought unusual. But, you know, mum cocked and said, there's something not right here. Mm. So the team came up and tested and it was discovered that, yes, I, I was paralyzed. So I had to have emergency surgery again. And the rod, unfortunately, had to be taken out and has never gone back in since. So I did leave hospital many, many, many months later um, in a wheelchair and I wasn't expected to walk again. So it wasn't the most pleasant of experience. But again, it was nobody's fault. It was something that happened. You know, it was part of the journey, shall I say. Yeah. But thankfully now, you know, I'm walking again, so which is brilliant. And, and I mean, I presume writing this, because I know you, you initially kind of put out this blog post, you went on the Ryan Turbery show, and obviously it, it yeah. has snowballed from there. But I suppose two things I want to ask you in, in conclusion is, what, what are you, what's your message here to others who may be in a similar boat to you? And two, given that I suppose you're you're digging up rather painful memories in your own past, etc. like that, I mean, yeah. How has that been for you? you know, what has the journey been like essentially for you in terms of writing the book? Absolutely. Great question. Um, it is the biggest therapy session that I never thought I was ever going to get. And um, one way it's been brilliant because A, it's helped me find my voice and speak about it. Because um, as I said previously um, about my parents, you know, they were so surprised that I spoke about them in the book. They were also so surprised that I wrote it because I am normally a very private person. I don't really discuss um, these matters. And they were surprised to hear, I suppose, what actually goes on in my head. So it's great that way. I'm so free. It's a sense of freedom that, you know, I found my voice and it's okay to talk about it. I mean, we talk about mental health all the time and it's okay not to be okay. So I I hope that message comes across that, you know, it's all right to share your experiences. Yes, it's tough, but it's been the most amazing experience as well for me. You know, um, I'm so glad I did it. Initially, when I wrote the book, it was for myself. I never even dreamed of sending it to a publisher or getting published. So I never thought anybody was going to read any of it. Mm. So at the beginning, when I did get the amazing contract with Penguin, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. And then kind of the next day, I was like, oh, hang on now. Everyone is going to read what I've written. So again, it took some adjusting. Um, but again, no regrets. Anybody out there, do it. You know, don't feel the fear and do it anyway, as everybody says. Well, the book is... Yeah, but where are you really from? Marguerite Penrose is the author. It's published by Penguin, Sandy Cove. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us here on The Last Word. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.